What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Promo code HAM working everywhere today. Ease and easewellness.com. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. Seatgeek.com. Promo code HAM. And mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. Now to the segment. Sunday morning, a lot of Niner Panth of Niners defense, Christian McCaffrey. Niners defense, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and, I mean, in a league where it's just hard to blow people out, the Niners with another blowout. And it sounds like everybody at the gym was uh, was fired up about the. Were you you were at the gym for well, the Nick Bosa? I, I, I think I missed. Did Debo Samuel have a touchdown? Debo Samuel did have a touchdown. It, was yes. it on a was it on a run? Yeah, it clearly was. I, I missed that. That's kind of right around the sweet spot when I had to move. When I got there, uh, I saw a Richard Sherman pick. I saw then like a, a run another Tevin Coleman who felt like he had ten touchdowns a day. And I obviously got to witness the <laughs> Nick Bosa pick. It wasn't a pick six, but it felt like a pick six. The fucking place erupted. Uh, I Would you say Kyle's the big star today or Bosa's the big star? I think Bosa's the big star today. I mean, he had, I know they scored 51 points. Uh, if I had to, I think they're both the big stars, but I think Nick is probably the bigger story today. The three sacks plus a pick. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, how sweet was like the that's moves if I'm, on the pick too? Well, it was one of those guys. He, he juked Kyle Allen. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, good, I mean, good point. It, good point. That's fair. The, but the pick, the pick <laughs> itself was just why it was just so athletic. Remember who had one just like that yeah, a couple I mean, years ago? Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean against the Panthers. That's who I thought of today. I mean, Nick's arms are pretty big, and he's pretty relentless. Um. 
I my 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 thing watching this game was John. You know who led the so George Kittle had uh, six catches, Emmanuel Sanders had ten catches, so they combined to lead the team in catches by far. They had most of Jimmy's completions. They had most of Jimmy's yards. Um, so the Niners caught the ball with elite players. They ran the ball at an elite level. They played defense at an elite level. They're clearly coached at an elite level. I mean, all the stuff they do really well. Jimmy was really good, except for that one pick. And if you got to get picked off and kind of baited, you you did one of the best linebackers ever did it. So fine, I can live. With, I mean, I'm, I hated it at the time, I'm, but I'm whatever. Just everything they do well, John. They do so so well. Like that's what Super Bowl contenders are. Yeah, I, let's start with Bosa. Listen, there was a lot of pressure on that pick, and we talked a shitload about it. I would have gone with the other guy, and I looked a little—I I wouldn't say foolish because the other guy's playing pretty good too. Well, at least he did when I ch- when I looked a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's on a terrible team, hard to judge, but th- this guy's been a star. Like, if they hadn't have picked this guy, they would look like an idiot. He is a dominant player. Like, you—it's one thing to just make a play here or there, even if it's spectacular play. He now, even if you subtract the pick. Is just you just feel him on every single snap, and every time he's out there, he's mm-hmm. just kicking the shit out of people. He, he's relentless, <laughs> and I, I got to give this guy credit too. I, I think when you add him, he clearly has helped out some of the other guys. I mean, Eric Armstead looks like an All Pro. That that the, the defensive line is dominant. It is just absolutely dominant right now. So, and when you have a dominant defensive line. The other, the difference, like last year, the Chiefs, for example, led the league in sacks, and they had a dominant defensive line, but everyone else sucked. Yeah. The 49ers have this dominant defensive line. They got these two linebackers that make every play. They got Richard Sherman, who had, you know, it was the easiest pick of his career, but he's just an excellent player. And then they got the safeties are playing well. But, but do you know what's crazy? When Richard Sherman, like three, I tweeted this like three or four weeks back when Akello got hurt, he during the week leading up to the game, it, I think it was it was the Browns game because it was uh, it was during the bye, and he's like, I'm telling you, I've watched this Emmanuel, uh, what's his last name, Moody Moodyer, um, uh, what do they call him? E man Mosley. Yeah, uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah, <laughs> I just call him E man. He's like. I like E-Man. I watched E-Man in practice. I'm like telling you, you'll you guys are gonna know soon. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. Typical pl- player right, right, right. getting his guys back. Le- leader. And, yeah. and guy, the, the first game, play in the back of the end zone. Next game, he makes a couple plays. Today is a sweet pick. The dude's a player, you know? It's one thing if Nick Bosa's making plays. Like, the guy is the number two pick in the draft. Or D Ford, he is a pro bowler. Or even Eric Armstead. You go, well, he was a first-round pick. And you see him move. You're like, well, he is 6'7 and moves like a fucking deer. When you get undrafted free agents jumping on plays and picking balls that's the ultimate muscle flex like they can do no wrong and then Kyle is just I mean in like the front seat of a Ferrari right now and he's Dale Earnhardt Jr. like he is he is all what does Robert say all gas no brakes he ain't hitting the brakes (laughs) yeah there's the only break that can possibly happen for the 49ers right now is when Jimmy throws a pick that's the only way They've really been stopped. Like, their defense, nothing you can do against them. Because they can cover, they can pass rush, they have great team speed. Like, they, they're going to match up against every type defense. Or, I mean, every type offense. Don't right? you think that's that's the surprise? Is like, we just assume, like, okay, you get after the quarterback, so that makes your DBs better. But I feel like when the DBs are in positions to make plays, they're better than I 
thought they were going to be. Completely agree. Right? On situations where the quarterback does get the ball off or does have a chance to make a good throw. 100%. Which doesn't happen that much. No. I mean, there are guys everywhere, John. Like, everywhere. Well, and the white unis, by the way. I, I almost tweeted. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to give Kyle too much credit on this first drive. And then the very next drive, like, boom, boom, bang, bang, touchdown. You're like, well. Because <laughs> you don't want to give, you just don't want to give too much credit to first drive. Just drives. the first drives, but I don't even think it matters for Kyle. Because yeah. he'll be in like the third quarter running like a crazy screen pass when everyone's going the other way. You're like, God, he, he doesn't. I think any play. Like this guy, whatever, however much time he's spending in the office, it's clearly working. And defense is a little less of that and more just, it's obviously just driven on talent, right? Like the 49ers, can we all agree, are not the most talented offense right now. They're missing their starting fullback, who's a pro bowler. They're two tackles. And, you know, they just traded for a receiver who looked damn good today. But in theory, they're going to be better in like four or five weeks when all these guys come back. Well, in theory, I mean, I tweeted today, like, nice play by Staley. I mean, McGlinchey. I mean, Juszczyk. I mean, never mind. This is amazing. Like, how does an offense do? Like, to me, that's when you know you're rolling. Your well, coach you, is good. Your, your, Link, your Lincoln good. Riley tweet was dead on. Like, it's – you get – like, to be a quarterback whisperer is impressive, right? And that's, you know, what separates coaches and why you get really famous. But to be an offensive wizard, like, you become Bill Walsh, right? Like, it's it's one thing to be, like, a great motivator. You know, that's – and a winner, you're like Parcells. But if you're the – you encompass everything, you become Belichick. Like, if, if you, you're a really good quarterback coach, you're like, oh, that's Andy Reid, right? But there's a big gap between Coach Reid and Bill Walsh. Now, if Andy ends up winning a couple with Mahomes, you know, I think, you know, he'll be in that. You could argue right now, because Belichick is, he encompasses it all, but at his core, I mean, he is the Patriots defensive coordinator right now. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. So, if you were going to go offense, Andy's probably, you know, I, I think he gets the most credit, but... Sean Payton is probably every bit as equal and has won a championship, so he's probably the guy. You know, I mean, he, he's probably the, you know, he'd be one and Andy would be like 1B. Would that be fair? When you just look at their resumes and what they've been doing for 20 yes. years. Yeah, because, yes. You yep, know, because part of it's like they're play callers, but they're obviously, they, they work well with just players. Like, they're just elite head coaches. Where I think Kyle now, you can kind of see it, if they can develop and draft the right guys – he's who you'd fucking spend boo-boo money on to have to be your head coach. And we... Did you... We look... Not that we were on an island by any means, but when we were kind of saying, like, this guy could be pretty special, but he eventually has got to win. You know, you can't just be like, well, he called great plays. You know, they, they lost 30 to 28, but man, he was dialing them up. Like, you got to start winning these games. Yeah. And yeah. he is. One one follow up to that, but did you see by the way the play that uh, Oklahoma ran, the double pass that Oklahoma ran early in the game? I think it was their first touchdown against. They eventually lost to Kansas yeah, I know. State. How but. crazy is that? So it was it was it was trips left. Okay, yeah. Quarterback takes the snap. Jalen Hurts takes a shotgun. One the like one of the three receivers steps backwards, and so Jalen throws like a like like a bubble screen type pass, but it's backwards because the guy stepped backwards. Yeah. Then Jalen steps back and the guy throws it back to Jalen. Yep. One of the trips receivers fell down the way like tight ends do on the goal line. Uh-huh. Then got up and ran down the sideline and Jalen hit him. It was incredible. Like I've never seen a receiver do the fall down get up That's thing. pretty sweet. It was badass. Um, well, did, 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 did Daniel other, Jeremiah but, tweet today? Or maybe Jeff Schwartz did that. 
there were like three or four double passes a day. And he's like, well, you, not everyone's copying Lincoln Riley yesterday because the game plan's already in. But clearly, I wonder if some of the coaches who might have just been at the hotel or at, in their office saw that and realized, like, McVay did one today. The Lions had a sweet one today. Mm. Like, legit, throw it to the receiver, throw it back to the quarterback, and then throw it downfield. Yeah, the Lions one The was Lions sweet. one was badass, and it hit him in stride. So, but that wouldn't you say the crazy part really about the 49ers is they haven't busted out much shit like that. Haven't really need to. Like, they've run a couple, like, reverses. Well, the, yeah, the touchdown last week, was that the unless, Kevin Coleman? Unless I missed something in my fire evacuation. No, no, I, nothing too crazy. I mean, they're John. They won fifty-one to thirteen. Well, well, not fifty-one to thirteen. When I left, I think it was thirty-four to. It was thirty-four to thirteen when I left. Okay. So it wasn't. I, I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't over, but it was. It was pretty well in hand. It felt like when the Panthers got it to two scores, and then the Niners came down and just scored again. Oh, you, you know what it was? Here's what it actually was. It was 27 to 13, and they were driving to score that touchdown. Because when McCaffrey scores, you know, they get the safety, they score. Right. And then they get the two point conversion. And you're like, well, you start doing the math. You're like, well, there's 11 minutes left in the third quarter. That's only two touchdowns. They do have this elite player. This isn't crazy. And then they're driving, and my power goes out. That's when I kind of, I, that's when I didn't freak, get my shit, go. And then I get to the, to the hotel, and it's 34 to 13. And like, Whatever happened on that drive, which was clearly the Debo Samuel play, like that drive guy is one of those where for the first part, for the first moment in the game, maybe people in the stadium are like, you start just doing the math in your head. You're like, well, this game's not quite over yet. And Kyle, boom, fucking yeah. touchdown. Right. Like, yeah, it is, motherfuckers. Yep. That's that's the way it felt watching it. Now, what did you think of Emmanuel Sanders? Because I think the other part of like all this whole conversation about Kyle is, well, he is in charge of players, so he goes and gets a player. I mean, he had two third down conversions had what, I mean that was touchdown this, what was did he sweet. do today he had four for 25 and a touchdown five on, targets on that, on I mean they targeted drive, Kittle seven targets. times and yeah and the touchdown yeah on the first drive he had three targets he had a catch the touchdown obviously in one I think where Jimmy kind of overthrew him but I, I like that you you get a guy who you paid a lot for and you immediately feed him the rock and you also realize like yeah, this guy's a pro, right? He's immediately just better than their other guys. But the, the, like I, not to be, I'm not being negative here. But you just know they still play Richie James and Kendrick Bourne a decent amount. Like you see those guys out there. Like they are still dependent. Like Emmanuel Sanders doesn't just. It's not like they got three Emmanuel Sanders. They still Pettis is out there a lot. Pettis for a guy that doesn't do anything is a underrated celebrator. Like with his teammates, they clearly like him. Right, you you mentioned thought, that to yeah, me a while I, back, I, and I've really noticed it. Like he's yeah. always doing like when Kittle does his little first down, but it's kind of like he just does like a paw, you know. Kittle is kind of de- mm-hmm. yeah. little little finger yeah, flip. It, it, Pat, Pat says yeah. it right there with him, and they kind of smile. Like they clearly they the the team likes him, you know, for a guy that there were some reports guy that they would love to trade him, and it's like yeah, no shit. I, <laughs> do you think you could even get like a seventh round pick for him right now? Yeah. Maybe you could, and that. But if you're the Niners, like, are you just giving him away? I wouldn't. Yeah, but I like to me. I maybe they've given up on him. You know, we. But I don't think they. Ha- but I don't think they I have haven't. guy because they keep playing him. Okay, so maybe they haven't. I'm just saying I haven't. Like Emmanuel Sanders, you'll have to figure out what you're doing next year. I it does when I watch him, I feel like he knows what he's doing out there. Dante Pettis, 
Don't you? I don't watch him thinking like he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, to me, yeah, to me, it's not he's you know doesn't know the offense or anything. It's just he's not doesn't make any plays, <laughs> you know. And that's where yeah. yeah, I think when they're now in their situation, which is now their goal is to win. Like I'm not talking Super Bowl or anything yet, but like their goal is pretty simple: win the division, win playoff games. Like that that is the goal right now. You need guys you can depend on, and I think if you ask them in in an area where they can be truthful and they just say we can't depend on them right now we can depend on like none of our star players you know we're like i bet they would say we we feel debo is a dependable player we feel that like uh mostert is a dependable player uh you just it's just can we depend on pettis like do they get to a point one day where it's a numbers game is he is he 100 percent active on game day you know, you're not that far away with all these guys coming back, right? No. Because yep. that's the other thing. We talk a lot, like, oh, when's Nikhil Harry coming off IR? Or when's these random guys around the league, you know, coming off IR? No, you notice none of the Niners are coming back off IR. They're just, Joe's just on the sideline fucking hugging guy, you know, chest bumping with Robert Sala. Robert Sala, <laughs> and, yeah. And McGlinchey's, <laughs> you know, probably, I didn't even notice him today, but he's, He's probably in the box chewing seeds. Like these guys are just inactive players. The, the Niners' inactive list the last couple of weeks has been a fucking pretty good group of players. It, it's 100% had three legitimate starters. It, no, it's had four because I, I keep forgetting Akella Weatherspoon. They got a lot of guys that. Plus Jalen Hurd, who we just. I mean, I'm, you can't put him in that conversation, but. Did he get put on IR, though, this week? Or a while back? I'm just saying he's not active. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think he doesn't count right now against the 53. Is my point like, but but now that I'm thinking oh, about, oh, I see what you're saying. Because wouldn't you say when a killer Weatherspoon comes back? Yeah, he he did get put on IR. But I guess the two tackles or one of them, right? The dude they signed from the AF when McGlinchey and Staley come back, that guy will just be inactive, and School will be the backup. But like E Man, I, I got. It's safe to say E-Man's getting pads every game moving forward, right? <laughs> Even if he's just a role you player think, backup. Yep. Like, he's he's dressing on game day. So, you yeah. start the, the math. Sometimes when you have injured guys like this for a short period of time, it becomes easy when they come back because the backup sucked. The Niners now are in one of these positions like, well, E-Man, he's on scholarship the rest of the year. He's, he's playing. And I would say even you could argue, like, you just keep both the tackles. Just so you're just ready. I mean, these guys have been hurt. You just never know. You kind of want them around. Mm-hmm. You just you start doing the mm-hmm. math. Some of these running backs, like does I guess I think Breda got banged up. He didn't play in the second half. He, he rolled did. his ankle. He didn't come back. Yeah. And the 49ers, I, I one of the more underrated signings of the league this year is Tevin Coleman, who a guy like that, you know, he just flies under the radar when he signs you know, a week into free agency or whatever. It's not like an Odell Beckham trade or a clowny signing or anything like that. And then you just watch the season. You start thinking to yourself, how perfect of a fit is this motherfucker on this team with oh. this coach? He's just, he can catch the ball. He's unreal in the scheme. How fast he plays, how good he plays. I I don't think people realize, and I, I doubt Kyle would admit it and he'd probably argue that if if he could have got his hands on McKinnon he would have been really good and you know what he might have an argument maybe McKinnon with the speed Mm -hmm. would have been awesome in this scheme 
The difference is like I, I you do have to believe him when it comes to that position. I, I agree, but the difference is like Coleman had been doing it. Like I'd been playing Coleman in fantasy and watching him play high level for the Falcons for a while. Like McKinnon wasn't yeah. really a producer in Minnesota. Now he for a couple of years he was Adrian Peterson's backup or whatever. But regardless, Coleman has been unreal. I mean, if Kittle's been their best offensive weapon. And not counting the offensive weapon, you'd say Coleman's been their second best, just start to finish. Well, I guess him and Breda, and they, they just become a great little dynamic combo. Like those two guys, that's a that's a legitimate one-two. Where neither of them are really the one; they're just a one-two combination together, because they're both they both can run, they both can catch, they both just hit these creases at looking like a Ferrari. What do you, right, do you I mean, but, but I would say scheme? clearly. Woo. But clearly Coleman is the one because that speed is. Now, I know Br- Brita had the run earlier where his like, top end was 23 miles an hour, whatever that was, but Coleman looks faster, doesn't he? Uh, Yeah, I think Brita would win just in like a 80-yard race. But Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Breda is like a four, legitimately a four three guy. I know, I know. It's, I just, I just when I'm just eyeballing yeah. it, Coleman looks. I, I don't, I don't know what Coleman ran at the at the combine. He's playing four three two, so you just have two <laughs> guys that are hauling ass, and they never get caught when they get in space. But the like it already cropped up today. They've both been hurt this season now, right? Breda hurt his ankle today, and he's had ankle issues before. Which you tipped me mm-hmm. off to this, which I don't know if I was super locked in. They play guy in four fucking days, so that's something to they keep. They play an eye Thursday on. night football. <laughs> they play Thursday I night know. football. Uh, God, these. How good is Shanahan? The Shanahan family, like if you're just a football family, what they do running the ball is like, is it just incredible? Like it just consistently it works, is. and everyone knows it's coming. It's not like well. Every week, you know, it's like they're Belichick. You know, every week he changes his scheme. He just, you never know. You always hear the players are like, well, you know, we prepared for the 3-4, and then Bill ran the 4-3, and then I'm seeing ghosts. It's like, well, you know the exact plays Kyle's calling. Like, Kyle run, runs screens all fucking days to his running backs and Kittle. He loves the Kittle screen. How many times have they ran the Kittle screen this year? 20? <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, if Kittle just kind of fakes you at the at the line of scrimmage and then just starts looking at Jimmy, they're running a screen to Kittle. And if he catches it, but that's a it credit might not to be Kyle. A they just have so many things you got to worry about. They got a lot to worry about. Well, I know. And then they, they got it on the one play where they ran like a play action and they did a good job on the broadcast. They're like, well, you know, Luke had to over kind of fly to one side because they're running the stretch zone run and you just have to honor it. And then when they do the play action – and that's where Kyle would be like, yeah, it's, you guys been watching the Vikings, why Cousins playing well? Because when the play action works in this scheme, it's unstoppable. It is a layup pass for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, 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 you know, guy, maybe I was a little clouded by one hmm. having to evacuate and the interception. If you would have said, guess what Jimmy Garoppolo's line today was, I would have been like, you know, 15 of 25 for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. He was 18 of 22. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did that feel like it watching that to you? Am I crazy? Well, I think I I don't think I think things almost never feel like 18 to 22. Like it's really hard for anything to feel like 18 to 22. That's six incompletions. That's really good, right? I I don't think you ever feel like four, a guy four. is 18 to 22. I Huh? Four incompletions. Four, sorry. 
Yeah, see, I'm the clouded one. Um, I don't think you ever feel like that for one for 175, and and it didn't to me. His one of his best plays of the day was the throw to Kittle that got brought back because of a block in the back where Kittle kind of knew it was a Kittle, Kittle touchdown. Right away. Yeah, but Jimmy, I think, took a shot on the play, or did he scramble out? I don't remember exactly. I just remember thinking that's the best play, and it came after the interception. Um, so yeah, it didn't feel like eighteen to twenty-two. One of those was like that inside pitch pass for. Oh yeah, for was that a touchdown? So it, on the it, play it's, action it's, where he never actually turns back. You get credit for a completion as long as the ball moves forward. That's why even on like that that jet sweep where the guy just kind of you Correct. know that Mike Leach play where you just kind of push it to the guy. Yep. That's a that's a completion. Yep. That's a completion. Yeah. yeah. But look, because some people ask me like, "How? What'd you think of him today?" I thought he, I thought he made the right plays, which most people don't make at that position to make the right play all the time. It's just hard to play quarterback and make the right play. I thought when given the opportunity, he made some great plays. He had one awful interception. I feel, I feel good about him, John. I feel good about him. And one of the reasons I feel so good about him is they do everything else so damn well. But I feel good. I, you know, we're not, I'm not reevaluating Jimmy week to week. No, I feel no, good about I, I'm him. with you. I, they do I, everything else really well. I thought he was good. He had a great play today. I thought that it was on uh... – one of the most underrated NFL plays today. I'm shocked this didn't go viral. Hmm. He throws it to Kittle over the middle, but to get to Kittle, it was clearly like one of his last progressions because he was working the right side of the field. It was like wham, bam, nothing open, and then he works his eyes to the middle of the field. George is wide open, and he hits him right down the middle. And then the safety for the Panthers, George tries to juke him, gets on George's foot, yeah. and George, the guy with the hair, George is able to keep his balance. And with one foot, I, I would imagine that guy weighs at minimum 210 pounds and picks him up, and the guy elevates, and George gets like an extra three yards, and the guy's body moves. Now, ultimately, the guy was on like a, like a pit bull, you know, locked on something. He wasn't, George wasn't Trey Boston. But, guy, he yeah. fucking picked him up with his foot, and Trey Boston elevated off the ground. Did you notice that? It was like, that was incredible. Well, even Dick Stockton was like, he's, Dick Stockton was like in shock of the play, I think, because he said something like, you know, Kittle dragging Trey Boston and Boston finally brings him down, but not before Kittle picked up whatever he picked up on the play. It was a big play. Is it safe to say Kelsey's been down this year, uh, stat wise, Ertz is, hasn't had a great year, that George is almost a lock first team all pro right now? Yeah. His team's unbeaten. Yeah, Gronk's gone. His team's unbeaten. He's clearly their best player. This is for... Like, it. the defense is really, really impressive. But I think you could argue, like, you just look at it on paper. If if Bosa was a star and D. Ford became a good role player... Now, I don't think anyone would have imagined Eric Armstead would be this good. But you're like, you know, Richard Sherman's going to be healthy this year. There were still some questions, but... For George to have be a second-team All-Pro and become kind of a star in the league, you know, sometimes some of these late-round picks start reading their own press clippings. You start getting the media BJs. He came back better. I mean, it's like, this guy's on a fucking mission. It's When you sustain greatness, that's you're just a great player. You know, how, how many guys do we constantly see in all sports that you can have the one year? Try putting together like five Mike Trout years. You know, try having Max Scherzer's career. Try becoming Aaron Rodgers or Brady. Like, it's hard. It's it's every guy, you know, every 
above average NFL player, if they really put their mind to it, could have a big season. Can you have like force rate? It looks like Kittle. Yeah. I'm not trying to overreact or anything, but like this guy, Hall of Famer. Well, yeah. See, to me, what what you're saying, as I'm hearing you talk, that's what I'm thinking. It's like when you think like I want to be a Hall of Famer. It's like cool. Put together that year you put together. Put that together like six or seven more times, and you'll be a Hall of Famer. But you know when we talk to him. But you can't do it six times if you don't do it twice. And for him to come back after that year when the target's on his back, and yeah, I'm with you. You know what's when we were talking to him. Now thinking back about it. You know, there are two types of people, right, that become great players as a fifth, sixth, seventh-round pick. The guy that has a huge chip on his shoulder, like everyone, Pat, like, uh, you know, the Draymond Richard Sherman. And that that works, you know. I mean, that's Draymond be a Hall of Famer, Richard Sherman be a Hall of Famer. And then there's mm-hmm. George who, like, you know what? Remember he told us? He's like, you know, I didn't have that many targets. I kind of got it. Uh, but I'm in the perfect scheme. I'm with a great coach, and now I'm in a place, and I'm just – I'm reaching my potential, and I'm just going to keep grinding my ass off. Right? He's just yeah. – He's not yep. chip on a shoulder guy. Did you do you think he's chip on a shoulder guy or just kind of embrace? I'm not saying he doesn't like have a uh, drive to him, but I'm just he just looks at it like I'm in a great spot now. I'm kicking the shit out of everyone. I'm a great player, you know. Yeah, to me, he yeah he he feels to me like a guy inspired that by the fact that he recognizes the opportunity and what it takes to be great. Well, just that to me, it's like he recognizes that he has what it takes to be great. And that's inspiring to him. That's kind of my vibe from him. It's like, God, I just, I, he knows how great he can be. That's kind of what I feel like. When, well, I've when always we imagined, like, if you were an NBA player, because sometimes you see, like, when a guy takes off at the baseline and tries to dunk over a guy, once you realize that you have that potential, I, you know, you're just, especially, and you're a good player, you're just more inclined to do it a decent amount. But that, it, that whenever that first time that you ever do that, it has to be a pretty inspiring feeling of like, oh my God, I just dunked on a guy in an NBA game. And <laughs> I think Kittle had a couple moments like that last year. And now you're seeing him like, Trey Boston's got my foot. I don't give a fuck. Come for a ride, buddy. Where he just playing like nobody can stop me. But he's had moments yeah. where people haven't stopped him that he realizes like, I'm better than these guys. It's one thing to me, like Saquon Barkley just plays like he played at Penn State. Like he's been thinking, I'm the best guy on this field probably since like Pee Wee's. Where when you're a later round pick, I think that's where I think makes Richard and Draymond a little unique. Like I do believe they thought they were the best player on whatever court or field they've been on probably since Pee Wee's. Even though like it's like, hey guys, mm-hmm. you went in the fifth round, Richard. And you're like Draymond, you got drafted in the second round, and in the NBA there's only two rounds. But they, they're just like I think George is probably there's a feeling out process, you know. For and I'm most ninety nine percent of humans are more like Kittle even if you are talented where you kind of have to do it first. And that, that's why Draymond and Richard, when you say really stand out, it's like, God, they're kind of delusional. But then when it works, you're like, no, these guys are great. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, maybe they understood it the whole time. And I also think back to like what you said, he's driven to like, he wants to be great. And it has, he also understands that he's just in this offense now that is just featuring him. Like when you think who's the Niners yeah. feature player on offense, you just go, it's George Kittle. And some Right. It's George Kittle and the run. And the run. But if they just need a big play, who would they go to in a must have moment? And you'd be like, in a perfect world, they'd like to go to eighty five. And for a long, yeah. long time, when he was in peak form, you'd be like, Well, who's Tom gonna go to in like a third and ten? All the chips are on the line, you're like, he's going to Gronk. You know? Right. And 
Yep. And you, 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 why wouldn't you? Right. And then it's just, it's one of those, if you fail going to anybody else, you're going to wonder why did we, if we're going to fail, let's fail. Think about that it. Guy. You've never heard one. Now he hasn't failed that many times, but you never heard like, you know, back in 2013, we were playing the Broncos. And if, if Tom just wouldn't have thrown it to Rob Gronkowski and looked at, uh, at Danny Amendola, we, we might've won, you know, it's just, you can always lose by going to your best player. It's like I said coming in the game. Listen, Kyle Allen's a fun story, but at the end of the fucking day, he's Kyle Allen, an undrafted free agent in the National Football League right. quarterback. So th- there's just there's a reason that they don't exist. Like in the history of undrafted free agents, they just don't be like there's there's a reason why Kurt Warner got a football life because it was that big of an upset of what happened. It's it never going to happen again, probably. So I, I thought, like, if the Niners' defense is who we thought they were, they're going to kick the shit out of him. And if you get beat by McCaffrey, which you saw today, like, can, you could have him bottled up. and he, He's a, just an incredible player. You tip your hat. Like, if McCaffrey's going to go for three touchdowns, because clearly that's they build their defense around trying to stop McCaffrey. But they should be able to just man-to-man kick Kyle Allen's ass. And they did. I, or his stats couldn't have been pretty. How many picks did he throw? Three, three. Uh, he was 19 of 37 for 158 yards and three picks. Now, yeah, like to me, what he should look like. Yeah, 100. percent After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 